0: So continuing with our lesson this morning, most of you here, some of you weren't, but uh, I asked, started out with a question, when you think of heaven, when you think of New Jerusalem, when you think of heaven, you know, and you would try to visualize it, you know, what, what do you see? And uh, there's a lot of things you know, we could see, uh, there's the streets of gold, and the gates of pearls and, and, and all the different jewels and everything. Uh we could say, Oh, you know, I picture seeing uh loved ones there or family there, or brothers and sisters in Christ that may not be in any physical relation, but we dearly loved, you know, you know, wanna see them and, and uh so what what do you picture? But what we uh studied the one was John. John was privileged to look through the gates of heaven. And uh, what he saw, and I won't read uh, all those scriptures. Well, we didn't read that many on it, but a lot of scriptures we could read on it. But what he saw was in heaven, he said, I saw one uh, lamb that had been slain. So uh, he could have said, and, buddy, as you and I was talking before services started, uh, you know, our Lord had a lot of titles or offices or functions. Uh, John could have said, well, I, I saw the king, or I saw the priest because he was a high priest, or I saw the great counselor, or a teacher, or a tutor, or a physician. He could have said all those things, but he said, Lamb. He could have said, I saw Jesus Christ, buddy. You and I talked about that. But what he, what he said was, I saw a lamb as it had been slain. And that shows Jesus Christ as the sacrifice. He was all those other things as well. But shows him as a sacrifice. And, and I mentioned this morning, if he's not our sacrifice, then the rest of it doesn't mean anything. We're not going to be there doesn't mean anything so John saw this uh, lamb and uh, uh, and that's how he uh, what we looked at this morning he saw this lamb and again it's the sacrificial lamb Uh, uh, I think the word lamb in the scriptures is used I think about 75 times I would have thought it would have been more actually but about 75 times and I think all of them but seven is a Speaking directly to a, a, a sacrificial lamb. Uh, you know, it may be wool sometimes and, and uh, you know, food or something, but most every, every time a lamb, it, it, it's sacrificial. That's what, it was, that's what it was for. And of course, in Revelation, it is talking about Jesus Christ. That's what uh, John saw. But all those times we see it in the Old Testament, it's just pointing to uh, God's lamb. So I would like to pick that up uh, this evening. And uh, maybe let's go in the book of Acts, chapter 4. And this is where this lamb, a short time before he is going to be sacrificed. And the word lamb is not used all the time, of course. But uh, we see here uh, in uh, chapter 4, and again, this is a short time before he's going to be taken, going to be crucified. In other words, this sacrifice was about to be offered. This is, again, and when John saw him in heaven, I said, I saw a lamb as if, uh, uh, how was it? I forgot now how it says, but anyway, as it had been wounded. So, uh, it, was a, it was a bloody lamb, as if it had been slain, is the way he said it. I saw a lamb as if it had been slain. So, this, this lamb had the marks And, of course, Jesus, we know in his hands and his head and his side and so forth like that. But he was referred to as a lamb, sacrificial. So this was a short time before he was going to be sacrificed. Uh, In uh, Acts 4 and verse, uh, let's go back to verse 26. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together. Against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, with the nations and the people of Israel were gathered together. They were all gathered together here to do something. What were they gathered together to do? Well, verse 28 to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined to be, before to be done. So we know they was gathered here to bring judgment, crucify him is what their goal was. And they were gathered here for that purpose. And it says to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. So, to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. So, God had determined that these would be gathered here to crucify Jesus? Would God make them do this evil? Well, we call it evil. A lot of, we label a lot of things evil. But was this evil? This sacrifice paid... For our redemption. So in that respect, it certainly wasn't evil. Uh, I ask a question. It, it says here, to do whatever thy hand and counsel determined before to be done. He determined before. We can use the word predestination there. I remember, um, it's been several years ago now, guy's probably... A lot of years ago, anyway. But anyway, I uh, had to go to this speech pathologist uh, because of my vocal cords was injured and ruined my singing career. Uh, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, I, so I went to this speech pathologist, and she was going to teach me to speak in a way that, that wouldn't uh, injure my vocal cords anymore. And I, uh, but anyway, so she says, Okay, you're doing okay on the phone. You're doing okay here when you're talking to me. But when you're preaching, she says, uh, how are you doing there? So then what her clinical solution was, my appointment with her was Monday morning. I was to preach the sermon that I preached on Sunday night to her so she can see how I was doing with my vocal cords. And the clinical part didn't stay very long. It turned into question and answer, which I'm grateful, actually. Uh, but she, so we talked about predestination and, and actually going back I did give some thought to what I was going to preach on Sunday night because I know I was going to have to preach to her on Monday morning so I did give some thought to it so predestination was one of them and I'll never forget her words she says you know I know we're still in the, kind of in the Bible belt here and, and that's a dirty word here I said well to a lot of people it, it is And uh, fast forward my last uh, session with her, she says, you know, she says, I can't say that predestination is not true. She said, I've just never heard it like that before. I said, you've heard it from people that didn't believe it. You've never heard it from somebody that actually believed it. Anyway, so... So this, the word predestination, predetermined would, would fit here, to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. God had already determined this, that they were going to meet there and, and they were going to, uh, uh, to crucify him. But just ask a little question. It says before. How long before was it? A few days before, did, did God just make us a decision a few days before he saw what was happening and maybe a couple weeks he saw. oh, I see what's happening. Did he determine it then? Did he determine it before Jesus was even born? Did he determine it before Moses and the time of Moses? Before Abraham? Well... He, he determined this, this, this act that took place here. He determined this before the foundation of the world. And, and uh, I, I want to read a familiar scripture that we read all the time, but Ephesians, and I know you can all quote it, but I, I love looking at it, that shows us this, uh, Ephesians 1 and, and, and 4. It says, According as he hath chosen us in him, that's in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So if we're going to be holy and without blame before him in love, it's going to be because of that sacrificial lamb. So here it says he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world. One of Christ didn't turn out to be the sacrificial lamb. Well, we couldn't be presented that way. So this is just one of the many areas we could prove that This was before the foundation of the world. And yeah, I'll use the word predestinate. It was predestinated, predetermined. Here it just says before. How long before? Before the foundation of the world. So Jesus Christ was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God had already predetermined it. And, And we see what's taking place here with these people meeting here. That was all part of God's plan. Uh, so when we see this here, this sacrificial lamb, we don't want to give honor and glory to them. This wasn't man's work. This was God's work. We can't take uh, credit for any of this. And God, and I'll probably say this a lot tonight. Hebrew 9, I think 22. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. So some might say, well, you know, but I I pray a lot. Or I go to church a lot. Or I was baptized one, two, or three times. Or I turned over a new leaf and changed things. But he says, without the shedding of blood is no remission. Terry, we can't put any substitutions in there for that. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. It's just, actually, it's it's very plain. Uh, When Adam and Eve, I think we maybe touched on it this morning... But when Adam and Eve, God made, uh, uh, after they fell, God made coats of skins for them. Shed blood of an animal to make coverings of skin for Adam and Eve. And he clothed them. What did they do? They didn't do anything. It was all of God. And, well, do we really think the blood of that animal slain paid for their sins? No. I was talking to an individual one time, and we were talking about, uh, under the law of Moses, all the sacrifices uh, that was offered. And I told him, I said, you know, they didn't take away, all those sacrifices didn't take away even one sin. And he said something I hadn't heard before. He said, boy, that was a big waste. Well, I guess, uh, you know, one could look at it that way. Uh, But it was all types and shadows and pictures all pointing to the one that John saw in Revelations, when he looked through heaven's gate, I saw a lamb as though it had been slain. All those was pointing to that in in type and shadows. Uh, Let's go to, uh, let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And again, uh, I'll repeat a lot. Without the shedding of blood, is no remission. Genesis 4 and... Uh, let's just start in verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought... Of the firstling of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had he had not respect. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So uh, they both come to uh, to worship, to offer a uh, sacrifice, uh, and. I believe that, well, what was the difference in their sacrifices? He he had respect to Abel's, but he didn't have respect to Cain's offering. And Cain, uh, this is after the ground had been cursed. So to raise these uh, fruits and vegetables in the garden, you know, we have the, the thistles and the thorns and, and all those things have to deal with. So uh, no doubt there was a lot of work. And, and some people say, well, he offered the, scrawny stuff and stuff like that. I don't believe so. I, and it's just my opinion, so, but I believe that Cain offered the very best that he had from the fruits of the ground. But it wasn't, it wasn't accepted. It said God didn't accept it. Why didn't God accept it? Without the shedding of blood is no remission. It just, it's just that simple. So Cain became angry. When we talk to people today, and I know all of you have, and you want want to tell them about Jesus, you want to tell them about the Lamb of God, but then they want to tell you about all their good works. Uh, The one guy, I won't tell the whole story, because to me, well, I used to get angry. I don't get angry anymore. I don't do this anymore. I don't do that anymore. So they like to tell you about all their good works. But Terry, when you tell them, that doesn't mean anything. When you tell them it's nothing but the blood, they get angry. They get angry. Your good works is not to be offered up to God in that respect. Isaiah says, uh, we're was an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are filthy rags. So we have people, I haven't got my rag out for a long time. I won't get it out tonight, Betty. I'll, I think it's back there. <laughs> I got a thumbs up from Betty. But anyway, we got this filthy rag. But a lot of people are offering up, as Cain did, their own works. I used to be a bad person, God, but I'm a good person now. And and I used to lie and cheat and steal, but I don't do that anymore, and, and on and on and on. But what they're doing is holding up filthy rags to God. They don't realize it. It says we're all an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are a filthy rag. So that's what Cain was doing. But, uh, well, let me ask you. So in Cain's time, he offered a bloodless sacrifice. Abel offered a blood sacrifice. It was acceptable. Cain offered a bloodless sacrifice. It was not accepted. Do you think God's any more likely to accept it now than he did then? If people today want to offer up, uh, I, you hear a lot, well, I turned over a new leaf. And Helen and I discussed this a lot of times. I can't think who it was, but she was, uh, heard someone say, well, but that leaf just as filthy on the other side as it is that side. But they want to hold uh, that up. Uh, but Abel offered a lamb offered a lamb, but again, this was a blood sacrifice, and that blood sacrifice, as all the others did, was only pointing to the lamb that, that John saw, and maybe I didn't read it, but uh I don't think I did uh, this morning we did uh in, in John the first chapter there uh, or I don't know if I No, I didn't read tonight. Anyway, uh, he says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Will anything else do it? Our turning over new leaf? Without the shedding of blood is no remission. Uh, Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. We see uh, another lamb uh, pictured here. And again, it's all pointing to God's lamb that John saw when he peeked in heaven's gate and said, I saw a lamb as if it had been slain. Genesis 22, and uh, this is where God told Abraham to offer his son, his only son Isaac. And uh, so that in a particular place also and there's a mountain range but on a particular place and there's a teaching in that as well we won't go into it tonight but on a particular place he wanted him to offer uh, make this offering so he got his son Isaac and they, it was a three day journey so in Abraham's mind Isaac was, was dead for those three days so anyway they got to this mountain and uh, they started up through there and uh, Isaac I don't know how young the lad was he said father he said we've got the wood and we got the fire and we got the knife and everything but you know where's the lamb for the sacrifice because Isaac knew they was going at all for sacrifice he didn't know that it was him but he says you know we got everything but we don't have the lamb for the sacrifice and of course Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb and of course for us jesus christ but looking at that back there so you know the account where abraham took isaac he had the wood and everything he took isaac was bound and laid him laid him on that wood and yeah and i've seen uh, renditions of this on television sometime they see uh, uh, Abraham standing there with a knife back ready to stab him like that. I don't think it was that way at all. He was, going to shed it. he was going to cut his throat is how they would do it, to shed his blood. But anyway, so here Isaac was. And he knew what was happening then. I don't know if he struggled in or not. He was bound. But God stopped Abraham. This was God's plan all along, by the way. But he stopped Abraham And over here, lo and behold, was a ram stuck in the thickets by its horns. So put yourself, put yourself in Isaac's shoes. Here he was laying on this wood. He knew he he was about to be sacrificed. But then Abraham took Isaac off, took this ram, and put him over in Isaac's stead. Isaac knew about the substitution. He knew it firsthand. If we were there, if we could feel those emotions knowing that, you know, I'm about to be sacrificed, about to be killed here, and it had taken off, and then that ram put there in his stead, Terry, we could really understand substitution then. So, But that's a picture of Jesus Christ. And he is our substitution just as much as, as it was for Isaac. Let's see. In uh, Exodus chapter 12, we see another uh, place here. Exodus chapter 12. And again, very familiar. But we see here, uh, if we'd look at this, uh, maybe for the outside. But anyway, what, what we see here, we see uh, an Israelite killing a lamb. In fact, you would see a lot of Israelites killing a lot of lambs on this particular night. And so we might go and uh, and would see him. Then he was taking this blood. He cut the blood. And he put the blood... Up on the, uh, the linal and on the two side posts, we go by and we see this Israelite putting this blood here. So we might ask him, you know, what are you doing? And he'd say, well, you know, uh, God said, the death angel's coming through tonight, and he says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. And again, I mentioned it before. I, if, if God gave it commandment now, I can just picture the religious world putting all kinds of signs. Lord, but behind here, I turned over a new leaf and I did all these good things. But anyway, so we ask this, or see this uh, Israelite uh, putting this blood up there. And uh, he's is depending completely on that blood. And uh, might say, well, you know, uh, people might tell him, well, you know, you need to let God know who you are behind there, just, just blood. You need to tell him who you are, what you've done, how you accepted him, how you chose, how you let him in, and so forth and so on. And he might tell you, say, well, I don't know where you got all the information from, but I just know that uh, God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Just, just that simple. So, there again, I don't know how many lambs was killed that night in that blood. But did it take away, did it pay for any of those lies that that, that that curse was on? And the answer is no. It, it didn't pay for one of them. It's all pointing, again, to Jesus Christ. Only a picture of Jesus Christ. Now, in this 12th chapter, let's, uh, let's go to verse 12. Something else I want to bring out here. For, all, uh, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So it says something here. He says, this blood will be a token. I, uh, they don't have, I think, arcades too much anymore. But uh, used to, you'd go to these arcades, and you wasn't allowed to put quarters in these. I the, used to like the pinball machines, Bill, but you wasn't allowed to put quarters in. You would give them money, and they'd give you tokens, and you put the tokens in and everything. And like, uh, actually, when you go to the movie theater, i got some coupons here. You go to the movie theater, and you give them money, and then they give you a, a ticket or a token. Now, this token is it's not worth anything. But it represents that I gave him money out here that I could get admitted in, so to speak. But the token is not of any value. So here, he, all this blood that they, they put on the linen on two side posts, he says, it'll be a token unto you. So Cindy, that tells us that blood from those lambs was not of any value. Is this just a token. Now, you go to the movie theater, you give them dollars, and uh, that is value, and this, this represents that. So that blood, he said, that'll be a token unto you. So the blood really wasn't of any value. But it represented something of great value. Again, it represented the, the, the lamb that was slain that John saw when he peeked into heaven's glory. I saw a lamb as if it had been slain. That's what it represents, And all these are representations of that very same thing. All representations of God's lamb, uh, Jesus Christ. So it was a token. In uh, 1 John chapter 5... So I, this morning when I started this, I said, this is something that we could all agree on. I didn't teach it because we could all agree on, but it is something we could all agree on. It's talking about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And uh, certainly we can all uh, agree on this. It's, it's only that. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. So here in 1 John 5, actually. My pages are all coming apart. 1 John 5 and 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. So whosoever believeth that Jesus Is the Christ. So do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe that He is that Lamb that was pictured throughout all the Old Testament and everything? Well, if you are, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You couldn't believe it if not. Uh, I. I've mentioned this several times. There's one guy on television. He says, I hope, I watched some fishing shows, uh, I think it was yesterday or last night or something. He said, I hope that when God dips a dip net down the sea of men, I've been good enough to be a keeper. Well, see, that individual, at least at that time, didn't believe this, says, whosoever believeth that Jesus uh, is the Christ He's not believing that Jesus is the Christ. He's not believing that Jesus is that Lamb. He's not believing that without the shedding of blood there's no remission. What was he offering? Well, when God dips a dip dip down the sea of men that I've been good enough to be a keeper, he's offering the same thing that that, uh, Cain did, a bloodless sacrifice, that I've been good enough to be a keeper, a bloodless sacrifice. And it's not accepted. Not accepted. And in the... uh, go back to the gospel of John again in chapter 5 and 24 John 5 and 24 Verily, verily, I say unto you he that heareth my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come to judgment but it's passed from death into life. So again, uh, it says, He that heareth my word and believeth in him. So do you, do you believe on Jesus Christ? All those lambs and all those sacrifices were pointing to Jesus Christ. But do you really believe in Jesus Christ? That blood sacrifice? Or do you think that it's up to us and things that we must do? If you, if you are one of these and he calls you to hear his word and you believe on him, then there's no condemnation. Acts 13, 48. Uh, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. And boy, what comfort that is. And again, we don't get that turned around. It doesn't say all that believes they get eternal life. That gives them eternal life because we know only one thing gives us eternal life. Without the shedding of blood, no remission. God's lamb. John saw it in glory. The lamb lamb as if it had been slain. So that's the only thing. But it says all that was ordained to eternal life believed. And that, that ordained to eternal life was done before the foundation of the world. And all those that was ordained to eternal life, they will believe. They will believe in the blood sacrifice. They will trust in the blood sacrifice and nothing else. Uh, well, let's just go back to Revelations, where we started this morning. Revelation chapter 5. and Let's just kind of, maybe we'll end there as well. Revelation chapter 5. And uh, starting verse 6, Revelation 5 and 6. So this is John looking in the heaven's gates. And I beheld, lo, in the midst of the throne and all the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God set forth uh, in all the earth. And he came and took a scroll out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps, golden bowls, full of the incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Thou art worthy, to take the scroll and open its seals, for thou wast slain. This is what John saw, that land that had been slain. For thou was slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood of every kindred, tongue, and people and nation. Can't we all agree on that? Can't we all agree that we were redeemed by the blood by the blood, this land that was slain? Can't Why do we have to put other things in there? Well, now there's other ways to heaven. Taking the first step, making the right decision, praying through, dying before you're 12 years old, all these other ways to heaven. But can't we just agree that without the shedding of blood is is no remission? So this is a future event, by the way, that's going to take place. But uh, uh, by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue, he redeemed them. So can you see this lamb in the future? So now as we think, as maybe give it a, an extra thought, we think, what is heaven going to be like? Well, let's first think of that lamb. That lamb as if it had been slain, because without it, nothing else is going to happen, nothing else makes any difference. So can you see him in the future, God's lamb that John, that John saw? Can you see him in eternity past? Before the foundation of the world? When God chose us in him before the foundation Because So can you see him there? Uh, can you see him in the token and the types of the Passover lamb? Can you see that's pointing to Jesus Christ there? And His shed? when I see the blood. So when he looks at us, Mort uh, reminds us uh, occasionally, Judges according to thy mercy, not according to our merit. So he looks at us, but he looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ. So can you see him there? Can you see him all as a substitution for Isaac? Just as much as Isaac was taken off and that ram was put on there, Jesus Christ is our salvation, substitution for us. He is. He had no reason to be sacrificed as far as he had no sin of his own. But he took ours. So I hope you can see him there. hope you can see him on the cross. There's I I haven't studied it for a long time, but a song. It's on one of Mort's CDs. The first time I heard it, um, Mike uh, Willis sang it. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And that just... What a a blessing it is to realize, and that is true, when he was on the cross, you was on his mind. So can you see him there on the cross doing that for you? Uh, Paul said... I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I said this morning, uh, there's something we can all agree on and we should be able to agree on. Pa- Paul simplified there. said, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that should be, we should be grounded in that. People say, well, what about the people that's on a uh, deserted island and never heard the gospel message? Jesus Christ and crucified. what about a baby that dies before they're uh, twelve years old? Jesus Christ and him crucified that's what that 's the only way Jesus Christ and him crucified uh, let 's go to luke chapter twenty four now i 'll close with this Luke chapter twenty four and uh, I know uh, my second pastor brother Don loved this uh this scripture on these two that was on the road to Emmaus and uh we won't talk about tonight but there's some real close connections with at the uh, at the tomb and everything from these as well but uh, uh let's see where do we want to start at uh maybe verse 14, 24 and, and uh, well, let's go back to 13. And behold, two of them, these are two disciples, and, uh, said, and, and two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlong. So they had, Jesus had been crucified and, and, uh, and the grave, the, the tomb was empty and everything. And now they was uh, walking back to Emmaus and everything. It says, and they talked together of all things which had happened. Boy, there's a lot of things that happened, hasn't it? And it came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. They didn't recognize him at then, did they? But their eyes were holding that they should not recognize him, at least at that time. So they were just talking, and again, they didn't recognize him. And he said to them, What manner of communication are these, that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, uh, and, and the word before God, and word before God and, and and all the people. And how all the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that he had been he who would have uh, redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company amazed us uh, who were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they uh, had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And certain of them who were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said. But him they saw not. Then he said to them, O oh, you foolish ones, and slow of heart, uh, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now, see, we're talking about Old Testament, Old Testament prophets. He said, slow of heart to believe what all the Old Testament prophets talked about. He says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Boy, wouldn't you like to have been there for that. And notice where he started. They didn't have the New Testament, but he started the law of Moses and the prophets. That's where he started. And I, I, don't, I don't know what all he told them uh, I'd like to think he told him, well, you know, in the law of Moses, it talks about the Sabbath. Don't defile the Sabbath. Don't labor on the Sabbath. He probably told him, that's not talking about a day of the week. That's talking about me. I am your rest. I don't know what Bill, maybe he told him about, uh, he said, you remember the, in, in, the, in the law that you're not to wear any mixed garments in your clothing, supposed to be all this or all that? And he, I could hear him tell him, it's not what you physically wear. But a garment is your covering. And there's only one covering. And he would say, I am that covering. I am the Passover lamb. I am the skins that Adam, uh, uh, God provided for Adam and Eve. So he expounded all the things. It says, beginning at Moses. The law of Moses. That's where he went to teach him about himself and the prophets. And uh, it says, verse 28, And they drew near unto the village to which they went, and he made as though he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat eating with them, he took bread and blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. So, he opened their understanding. If he didn't open their understanding, see, I, I, I want him to open my understanding a lot more than he has. But I remember way back I looked at the law of Moses and the prophets. I didn't see that sacrificial lamb. All I saw was laws and commandments and earthly things like that. I didn't see all that point to Jesus Christ until he begins to open our understanding. Buddy, you and I talked about that's something we pray for. Lord, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding even today. Especially today. So uh, he opened their understanding, but he taught them about things. He taught them about himself from the prophets and the law of Moses. And we go back in the law of Moses. That's where you see all the sacrifices and everything. Well, not all of them. There's other ones before the law of Moses and everything. But all these Old Testament types and shadows, the, the, the prophets and Moses, that's where he opened the scriptures and opened their understanding that they would see. So, now when you think of New Jerusalem, when you think of heaven, like that song Mort, Mort sings, he says, I, yeah, uh, this fellow dreamed that he'd died and went to heaven, and they were showing him around. He said he saw all these glorious sights and everything, and he saw family members and everything, and he saw he saw what Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Matthew Mark and Timothy, and he says, "But I want to see Jesus. He is the one that died for me." So when you think of New Jerusalem, I hope we see what John saw, a lamb as it had been slain. May the Lord bless the speaking of His Word. We just missed.